Every successful business, big or small, depends on the skills and motivation of their workforce. And in today's highly competitive world of business, every employee counts. And that's why we're here, to help you find better. Welcome to the Monster Hiring Podcast, featuring expert advice on how to hire, lead, and motivate your workforce, and keep yourself motivated. I'm Connie Blazik, editor of the Monster Resource Center. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to visit our library of resources at hiring.monster.com. According to Pew Research data from early 2014, 74% of online adults use social networking sites. It's a demographic that's likely to have since increased, and that probably includes your company's customers, future prospects, as well as potential new hires. In this podcast, we explain how your company can create a social media strategy that speaks to all these constituents. Stay tuned. As a business owner, how much time do you have to dedicate to your company's social media? If you're like many busy business people, it may be a struggle. Yet, it doesn't require a lot of time to create a social media strategy, and it's time well spent. Social media can help your company attract the talent you need, as well as customers. Here to explain how your company can master social media is our own master of social media, Patrick Galuli, Director of Digital Communication and Social Media at Monster. Patrick, thanks so much for coming in. Really glad to be here. So how much time should someone be spending, say, on a daily basis, average basis, to create a successful social media strategy for their company? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a tricky question, but it depends on uh, the resources available to any you know, small business owner. Um, first and foremost, what I would say is this isn't going to be your primary activity, right? We're very well aware that you've got billing and hiring and uh, many other things going on during your day that are really important to making sure your business not only survives, but thrives. Um, And I put social media marketing into that thrive category. You can spend a small amount of time, and I like to say 15 minutes a day really can do it, uh, to help you grow your business, grow awareness of your business, grow your customers, um, bring that foot traffic in the door, um, and doing it in a a really efficient and resourceful way. Mm -hmm. And is the first step to think about audience because you're projecting out, right? And to understand who is it you're trying to reach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, if you are a a local business in which you know 50 to 90% of your clientele is within three miles of your location, well, social media has uh, many different ways to think about how you could target just those people. Um, So it's about geolocation. It's about interests. It's about demographics. Um, So you want to hone in on where can you be most successful first because it all starts with with the goals. What do you want to get out of this? Who do you want to get in the door? And if you don't know that right up front, then you're just going to kind of shoot into the void, right? And that's what you definitely don't want to do. You don't want to just join these social channels and say, I've got to be there because everybody says I've got to be there. That's silly. You know, don't be on Facebook if you can't handle spending some time on Facebook. Don't be on Twitter if you don't think you can spend the time on Twitter. Um, But most importantly, don't be on those platforms if you know the people that are there are not the people you're looking to draw in. Instagram is really hot right now. And if you're a restaurant, absolutely, you should be on Instagram. But if you're a dry cleaner, you know, that's where you got to think about um, is, is it right for my business and growing my business and growing my clientele to be in a space where these people are. So how can someone assess what are the, the different various social media platforms that, that resonate for their business? 
luckily there are some really definitive lines in terms of what platforms draw what type of people. Um, it's actually funny. I was looking the other day at a uh, a breakdown of the average Facebook user, and it was described as um, uh, male, white, IT, in their late 30s to early 40s, um, and and that's not necessarily true, right? Because there's 1.5 billion people on Facebook. So there's a lot of demographics. So to group them into one, that's like saying the whole world is a white <laughs> IT 35 to 45 year old what man. What a world that would be. Right? That would be uh, a terrifying world, actually. Um, so, you know, within Facebook, there are hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of micro communities that you can be a part of that is, is are, are, are already built out there's pages, there's groups, there's uh, ad targeting within Facebook to these to these organizations and these types of people. But on other platforms, it's um, uh, a little bit more cut and dry. Say you want to reach a young audience, right? Instagram, Snapchat, all the data tells us that uh, users of those platforms are under 35, they're tech savvy. You know, it's uh, there's uh, you can do a quick Google search for who's on what platform, and you'll get all of this information really quickly. Um, but it breaks down along some really easy lines to say, okay, if I want to reach a young tech-savvy audience, well, then I should invest in, in Instagram. If I want to reach um, the everyman, Facebook is probably more appropriate. If I want to blast out news and updates to a very connected person who might be a brand advocate, that's more like a Twitter. So um, tons of resources on the web. In fact, we have a lot of them, obviously, on Monster. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's good to do a little bit of your homework to dig up some of these details. But as soon as you do, you'll see, okay, I know my business fits into this, this demographic really easy. So how can a business owner find those resources to help guide their strategy? Uh, so one of the great resources that I like is a, is a social media tool called Buffer. Um, and it is a, it's a social workflow management tool. There are others out there, kind of like Hootsuite, Sprinkler, and other tools that you may have heard of. But Buffer is really great because they have an awesome content marketing team. And they're always putting out uh, the most updated information on demographics around each platform. They have one Google Doc, which I love, which is called the Always Updated image size document. So on a lot of these platforms, you know, success is about knowing how to be perfect on these platforms. How does a link display? How does an image display? How does a video display? Um, so Buffer's always updated image document tells you that when the platform changes, here's a new spec size that you're going to want to get a designer to give you an image for, or you're going to want to crop your own images too if you have that ability. So Buffer's got tons and tons of these resources. On top of that, you know, th those resources are a little bit more generic to social media marketing kind of, you know, writ large. And uh, on Monster, what we're trying to develop on our blog and on the Hiring Resource Center is more content around how do you how do you transfer that knowledge into specifically recruitment knowledge? So we talk a lot about brand and employer brand. Um, they're really one and the same, and that's that's a, a much bigger topic probably for, for a little bit later on. But the uh, the the key is realizing that you know you've got to be very active in these in these spaces and you've got to be you've got to know what success looks like to the end user um, and so to to get to that um, we're building out a lot of content on all of our sites to say okay how would I target somebody on Twitter how would I target somebody on Instagram how would I target somebody on Facebook with the right messaging um, that would get them to join my team to grow my team. Um, and what we what we've realized in a lot of that work, too, is that um, the 
when you when you talk about your your brand and when you put content out in the world about what it's like to work at your company, your customers come along too, and the vice versa is also is also true. Um, when you talk about your consumer brand, um, you draw in an employer audience as well. In the sense of uh, how do you assess your success? I know that there's there you know it's probably been a little while back now, but. Do likes count on Facebook? You know, how, how do you know if no, if you tweet and, and nobody retweets you, you know, it's kind of like the tree in the forest. Does anybody hear it? You know, it's, is, that, is that what I should continue to be doing if I don't see any traction on it? Yeah. I think there's a, a two-part answer to this question. Um, so one a little insider information from the social media team here uh, is that, you know, likes are not that important. You know, they, they are more important when you're at a s smaller business and you want to go from 100 likes to 150 likes. Obviously, that's big to you. That's a, that's a big, big grouping. But you have to realize, too, that a lot of these platforms can pull that right out under the rug from you. So you build up all these likes and all these followers and you think you're blasting out information and you think you're hitting all of them. Well, you're not. You know, Facebook's algorithms, Twitter's algorithms, everybody's got an algorithm in place that basically allows it so that you don't hit everybody that you capture into your community with a single post. And that's because they want to drive advertising revenue and they want to push you to advertising. I would, A, strongly encourage you to think about advertising if budget permits because it is a very powerful tool. But B, definitely keep in mind that, that that is, you know, growing your community shouldn't be your only goal. And so why it's a two-part answer is that the goals are purely dependent, uh, or success, I should say, is purely dependent on the goals that you need to define right up front. You need to say to yourself, do I want to drive traffic to my website? Do I want to drive foot traffic into my store? Do I want to build community? That could be your goal. It's up to you, but you've got to pick one and you got to go after it. And you have to really think about how you can build content and build out a structure and build out engagement that gets you to that goal because you're going to get fringe benefits of some of those other goals that you're going to get foot traffic even if you were trying to get website clicks. You're going to get website clicks even if you were trying to build community. But if you try to do all of them, you're not going to be as successful as if you try to do one really well and then get those fringe benefits. Um, and, and I, you know, I can't steer anybody uh, who's listening on any one direction because it really is dependent. Um, website clicks are the way that we think about it as Monster because we're a digital platform and we want to drive, uh, you know, foot traffic into our digital domain. Um, and so we go after how we can get the most click-throughs to, to, from our content. Um, but on some platforms, that's not even a goal at all. So to look at Instagram, for example, you can't put a link in an Instagram uh, description. So there is no way... It from an organic capacity to have a click-through on Instagram even be a goal. Um, so that is why Instagram is much more of a brand play and more like, how do I get foot traffic into the, in, in, into the door? We talk about the um, age now where there's so much content out there, there's so much information that when someone is looking for a job, whether they're going on a trip, whatever it is, they go to the, to the uh, internet and they find a lot of information. Should employers be Googling their own company to see what's coming up? And as they start to get into this endeavor of creating a social media strategy to see how that's resonating through search? Absolutely. And I would, you know, I would expand that to say that search is not just Google. And, and, I'm, and I don't even mean that it's Bing and other search engines. It's Twitter. Um, one of the big things we talk about here is that Twitter is a search engine more than anything. 
you know, you can do an advanced search on Twitter for uh, for kind of what's called a geofence location. So I can say, show me tweets that are near me right now. So you could pump in your company's name, your your at handle if you have one, but maybe just the name of your company or the way that somebody might refer to you, and then say tweets near me, and you can see everybody who's talking about you on Twitter right now. You could go in and respond and engage to all those people if they were good. If they're bad, you could help them you know, solve their challenge and get them back in the door. But you've absolutely got to be looking at how people are talking about your company today. I mean, you've got, you've got Glassdoor. You've got Yelp. You've got so many of these platforms that are coming up that are specific to people talking about your brand that you've got to be there because the conversation is going to happen whether or not you're there. So you might as well be there because you can get a lot of benefit if you're in the conversation and you're responsive. I've been on the negative end as a user tweeting to a brand and saying, help me, help me, help me. And, you know, when I sent that tweet out, my first thought was, that's it. I, this company, I hate them. I don't, I'm not going to do business with them anymore. They responded back pretty quickly, resolved my needs. It wasn't like I got free stuff out of it, but I felt that they had listened to me and that it wasn't a robot on the other end. And as a result, changed my entire mentality back. And, and I said, okay, I'll give them another chance. And is that kind of responsiveness uh, coming into play with this dialogue between uh, employers and job seekers? Or you're, you're say, you, you post something about a job, you're looking for whatever the role is, you know, the skills, you tweet about that, and then you get responses back. Does it require the same immediacy of engagement? I would say immediacy is required across the board. If you're going to play in this space uh, and be active, you have to make sure that you are responding. There's actually a, uh, a statistic out there that says that an average kind of call in, somebody who emails or calls your company expects about a 24-hour response time. On social, when they tweet you, they expect a four-hour response time. So, you know, not just is the conversation happening, whether or not you're there on these platforms, but there's a higher expectation of your service on these platforms. So if you've got a handle that you're not, you know, on Twitter, for example, and somebody tweets at it, but nobody's there to respond, that's more detrimental than if you weren't there at all. Um, and that is absolutely true of both, you know, customers and employees or potential employees should not be seen any different. They should be served in exactly the same way because they both could be both down the road as well. You could have a, a you absolutely have somebody who is a applicant for a job that is a uh, future customer. You have somebody who's a customer today that's a future applicant for a job. And there's actually an interesting anecdote. I won't name the company, but I've heard that there's a large uh, internet business in which they had looked at their recruitment pool and they had found out that 50% of their recruitment pool was also people who were using their services because they were coming from email addresses that were of the company. And so having done that analysis, they realized, oh, wow, we have to change the way we think about everything we do. The candidate experience is much more important than we thought because who knows, one of those candidates comes and applies, has a terrible experience. All of a sudden they're like, wow, not only do I not want to work there, I don't want to have this company's services anymore. And so then it's a, a dual hit. So it's really important to make sure that, you know, things like the candidate experience and things like the customer experience are not seen as mutually exclusive, that they have tendencies of, of, of the same activation in both. And again, always boils back down to this idea that like treat people with respect, treat them as humans, talk to them, engage with them. If you don't do those core things, um, you know, someone's going to look at your brand today and say, 
I don't want to do business with that, that brand. Mm-hmm. We're just uh, finishing up 2015, 2016's ahead. Do you see any uh, big shifts in the social media space and, and particularly social media recruitment? Snapchat, I will say over and over again, is, is, the, is the platform to look at in 2016. If anything, for how fast it's growing and how brands need to figure out how they could participate in that, in that platform, but more so what the platform is. I mean, it's, it's basically close to real-time video. You know, there's platforms like Periscope and uh, Meerkat, which are, are, are about streaming real-time live video. But Snapchat was really first in that space where people were sharing experiences as they are happening. So, you know, before it was like, okay, I'll take a picture, I'll post it to Yelp. Then it was, I'll take a picture, I'll maybe post it later to Instagram. Then it was, I'll take a picture and I'll post it right to Instagram. Now it's like, I'm going to live feed this this person that I'm engaging with at a company who is being a jerk to me. Um, And, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean for all of us? How can we be more responsive than we are today with the resources continuing to dwindle? Um, are we going to be monitoring live feeds of videos of our businesses to make sure that we are able to participate in that conversation? And if not, how are we going to respond when those kind of things happen? Um, so I, I see I see that we're moving toward a tighter and tighter timetable in terms of when content is created and how quickly it is disseminated to the masses and then how quickly brands have to think about um, engaging with that content. And obviously platforms like Twitter that are, you know, really big um, beehives of, of interaction will continue. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Twitter has gotten a bad rap, truthfully. I, I um it's still a growing platform, and then you know it gets a bad rap from Wall Street for some weird reason because it's probably one of the most financially sound of the social platforms today. Um, but it uh, it's 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 not going anywhere, and it's gonna it's gonna hone into one of those niches, and that niche is is news and discovery and and big real time issues, right? The stuff we're seeing on the college campuses right now, the Arab Spring, those kind of things happen because Twitters exist. How is Snapchat going to play a role in those kind of things going forward? I don't know. We'll see. But um, it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Fascinating stuff. We'll be watching. And I know your team will be on yeah. top of it here at Monster. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Patrick. Yeah, great, great to be here. Patrick Galuli is Director of Digital Communication and Social Media at Monster. Are you interested in creating a social media strategy for your business? Visit hiring.monster.com and click on the Resource Center tab to find a transcript of our conversation with Patrick Galuli, as well as other articles on social media for business and a special offer for Monster Podcast listeners who are looking to find better. I'm Connie Blazik. Thank you so much for listening.